this is Phil. And this is Sam. Today, we will be reading Harry Potter. Um, book one in the Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone. So, uh, why don't we get started, Phil? Well, first of all, as we all know, I have not said this in a while, but somewhere in one of these drawers... Yes, after we finish this book, we will be reading The Pushcart War. Yes. Um, but not now. Uh, currently yes, after we're this reading, book, currently, this will be chapter 11. Yes, we'll be reading chapter 11. And there are 16 chapters, so five more. Mm -hmm. And so take it away, Sam. Okay, Phil. Today we'll be reading chapter 11 uh, of Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone. Uh, chapter 11 is called Quidditch. Okay, and now let's begin. As they entered November, the weather, weather turned very cold. The mountains around the school became icy gray, and the lake chilled like steel. Every morning, the ground was covered in frost. Hagrid could be seen from the upstairs window defrosting broomsticks on the Quidditch field, bundled up in a long moleskin overcoat, rabbit fur gloves, and enormous beaver skin boots. The Quidditch season had begun. On Saturday, Harry would be playing in his first match after weeks of training. Um, Gryffindor versus Slytherin. Okay, so first of all... Why would you put a sport in flu season? Wait, what did you just say? Why would you put a sport in flu season? You mean play Quidditch? I I think Quidditch can be played any time of the year, and also wizards don't get flu. The flu, they can just go ahead and they can just heal themselves magically. Well, they I mean, they can get the flu, and it could be de deadly. And another thing. <laughs> no, I'm pretty sure they don't get deadly pneumonia or flu. They can just heal themselves using magic. Yeah, but another thing is that also, if you're going to play Quidditch in the winter, I don't think it's the best, especially considering that no one wants to be out in that cold. Well, day. they have uh, warm winter clothing, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, that's why I wear your room six down. No, the Quidditch players don't have that, but the uh, the the people, the spectators do. <clears throat> Anyways, Gryffindor versus Slytherin. If Gryffindor won, they would move up into the second place in the house championship. Hardly anyone could see had seen Harry play because Wood had decided that, as their secret weapon, Harry should be kept, well, secret. But the news that he was playing Seeker had leaked out somehow, and Harry didn't know which was Oh worse. yes, somehow. Let's think of what happened in a previous chapter <laughs> that may have leaked. Um, I think it was... Ron, Harry telling Ron, I'm Seeker, and then Ron saying, my best friend Harry is Seeker now. To Draco. Yeah. To, to Draco. Yeah, probably to Draco. Goodness knows. No, but, no, don't you remember he was bragging to Draco? Yeah, yeah, Ron is probably, like, boasting to Draco, saying, my friend, I'm friends with, like, the most famous kid in the, the, the wizarding world, and he's also a Seeker. Yeah. yeah. Anyways, hardly anyone had seen Harry. Okay, anyways. But this, the new, okay, people telling him he'd be... Brilliant are people telling him they'd be running around underneath him holding a mattress. It was really lucky that Harry now had Hermione as a friend. He didn't know how he'd have gone through all this homework without her. What with all the last-minute Quidditch practice Wood was making them do. She also lent him Quidditch Through the Ages, which turned out to be a very interesting read. Which I suppose is like reading a book. Like, reading a book. Anyways. It is a book. Yeah, but it said a very interesting read, which, like, yeah, it's kind of confusing. Like this book. Yes, like this book. Yeah, exactly. I can't wait for the next <clears throat> book. Anyways, 
Harry learned that there were 700 ways of committing a Quidditch foul, and that all of them had happened during a World Cup match in 1473. Wow, that's a long time ago. That yeah. seekers were usually the smallest and fastest players, and the most serious Quidditch accidents seemed to happen to them. That although people rarely died playing Quidditch, referees had been known to vanish and turn up months later in the Sahara Desert. Why? <laughs> why exactly? As to why that happens, goodness knows. Probably right. a ton of sore losers. Uh, I'm pretty sure it's like the ref, that's how the ref gets treated. Hermione had become a bit more relaxed about breaking the rules since Harry and Ron saved her from the mountain troll. And she was much more nicer for it. The day before Harry's first Quidditch match, the three of them were out in the freezing courtyard during break, and she had conjured them up a bright blue fire that could be carried around in a jam jar. Ooh, sounds warm. They were standing with their backs to it, getting warm, when Snape crossed the yard. Harry noticed at once Snape, that Snape was limping. Harry, Ron, and Hermione moved closer together to block the fire from view. They were sure it wouldn't be allowed. Unfortunately, something about their guilty faces caught Snape's eye. He limped over. He hadn't seen the fire, but he seemed to be looking for reason to tell them off anyways. What's that you got there, Potter? It was Quidditch through the ages. Harry showed him. Library books are not to be taken outside of the school, said Snape. Give it to me. Five points from Gryffindor. Actually, they are. They said that you were allowed to take... I don't... I think you're not... You're allowed to take them around the school property, but... You're not allowed to take them, um, I'm pretty sure. This is in the school property. This yeah. is in the courtyard. If anything, it should be made mostly allowed in the courtyard. Of course Snake wants to do this. Just of, of course, of course. He's the bad guy. He's like the super bad guy. He's the mega bad guy. But he's not the mega bad guy. Voldemort is the mega bad guy. Uh-oh. Spoiler alert. Sorry. <laughs> Anyways. Uh... He made that. He made. He just made that rule up. Harry muttered angrily as Snape limped away. True. Wonder what's wrong with his leg. No, but it really is. But I hope it's really hurting him. Said Ron bitterly. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. That's what. Happened. Oh. The Gryffindor common room. Okay. Well, this is another spoiler alert, and this will reveal the whole book. But just, if you haven't read this book, skip this. But. He was actually trying to get past the dog. Yeah, that's true. But folks, warning, this episode does contain a spoiler, a lot of spoilers. Our podcast contains a lot of spoilers. Maybe. Eh. <clears throat> Anyways, the Gryffindor common room was very noisy that evening. Harry, Ron, and Hermione sat together next to a window. Hermione was checking Harry and Ron's charms homework for them. She would never let them copy. How will you learn? By asking her to read it through, they got the right answers anyway. Harry felt restless. He wanted Quidditch to be ages back to take his mind off his nerves about tomorrow. Why should he be so afraid of Snape? Getting up, he told Ron and Hermione he was going to ask Snape if he could have it. Better you than me, they said together, but Harry had an idea that Snape wouldn't refuse it if there were other teachers listening. He made his way down to the staff room and knocked. There was no answer. He kept knocking again. Nothing. Perhaps Snake ha had left the book in there. It was worth a try. He pushed the door jar and peered inside. A horrible scent scene met his eyes. Snape and Filch were inside. Snape was holding his robes above his knee. One of his legs was bloody and mangled. Filch was handing Snape bandages. 
blasted thing, Snape was saying. How are you supposed to keep your eyes on all three heads at once? Harry tried to shut the door quietly, but Potter! His face was twisted with fury as he dropped his robes quickly to hide his life. Harry gulped. I was just wondering if I could get my book back. Get out! Out! Harry left, but before Snape could take any more points from Gryffindor, he sprinted back upstairs. Did you get it? Ron asked as Harry joined them. What's the matter? In a low whisper, Harry told them what he'd seen. You know what this means. He tried to get past the three-headed dogs at Halloween. That's why he, where just he was going you. when we saw him. He's after whatever it's guarding, and bet, I'll bet I'd bet my broomstick he let the troll in to make a diversion. Um, no, this is another spoiler, but it was Quirrell. You just ruined the whole book for the podcast. Look, I said this before in the last episode. And I guess. And I said it was a spoiler. I guess we did reveal that at like the very beginning, in the middle of the train, and when we first met Coral. Yeah. (laughs) Well, no, actually, it was a bit later. I think. Anyways, Hermione's eyes were wide. No, he wouldn't. She said, "I know he's not very nice, but he wouldn't try to steal something Dumbledore was keeping safe." Honestly, Hermione, you think all teachers are saints or something, snapped Ron. <laughs> I'm with Harry. I wouldn't put anything past me. But what see after? What's that dog garden? Harry went to bed with his head buzzing with the same question. Neville was snoring loudly, but Harry couldn't sleep. Um, yeah, I think when mind. someone's snoring loudly, you shouldn't sleep. That's the worst remark J.K. Rowling could probably put in a book besides repeating broken nose a ton of times. What? When? When would that happen? Do you remember J.K. Rowling? Like every time there's Quidditch and something's dangerous, Harry worries that he's gonna break his nose. I think that's a technique that the author uses. Well, it's not a good technique because <laughs> it's so predictable. <laughs> and like every time Harry gets in the room, and Harry like, worries I'm that he I'm gonna break like... my nose. I'm gonna break my nose. I feel like I feel like there's just like fifty Harry saying, "I'm gonna break my nose." That, that kind of. I'm pretty sure that might haunt somebody's nightmares. I'm not sure, though. Anyways, Noble snoring loudly, but Harry couldn't sleep. He tried to empty his mind. He needed to sleep. He had to. He had his first Quidditch match in a few hours, but the expression on Saint's face when Harry had seen his leg wasn't easy to forget. Uh, yeah, I don't think it would ever be. <laughs> exactly. The next morning dawned very bright and cold. The Great Hall was full of the delicious smell of fried sausages and the cheerful chatter of everyone looking forward to a good quidditch match you gotta you gotta eat some breakfast i don't want anything just a bit of toast wheeled her we wheedled hermione i'm not hungry harry felt terrible in an hour's time he'd be walking onto the field yeah uh i mean he'd be hungry while playing quidditch or he'd have a stitch while playing quidditch which one would he rather have um i'm not sure but anyways it's an interesting question for sure Harry, you need your strength, said Seamus Finnegan. Seekers always are the ones who get clobbered by the other team. Thanks, Seamus, said Harry, watching Seamus pile ketchup onto his sausages. Irony. Who puts ketchup on their sausage? That's gross, okay? That's gross, Harry. I only do that with hot dogs, and I think ketchup on a sausage is a crime. I I think mustard on a sausage is not a crime, Harry. I I still think that... That's not a crime to put mustard on your sausages. I'm not sure. I mean, it really depends on the person. I just really don't like anyways, mustard. Anyways, enough of that. By 11 o'clock, the whole school seemed to be out in the stands around the Quidditch pitch. Many students had binoculars. These seats 
the seats might be raised high in the air, but it was still difficult to see what was going on sometimes. Of course, because you're going a thousand feet in the air. I don't think it's a hundred. I think feet. it's like as high as a plane goes. Yeah, also, you know planes go. Um, planes go twenty five thousand feet above the ground. I'm pretty sure they're going at like twenty five thousand feet sometimes. Or no, sorry. Uh, people who are afraid of planes. You should not listen to this, but you're going 40,000 feet. I'm pretty sure they go like 50,000 or 40,000 feet above the ground sometimes in Quidditch. Anyways. Tick By 11 o'clock, the whole school seemed to be out in the stands around the Quidditch pitch. Many students had binoculars. The seats might be raised high in the air, but it was still difficult to see what was going on. Oh, I already read this. Oh, um, sorry. We have to do a brief detour because of the dog barking. Um, we'll be back in just one second. Thank you. Hello? Sorry for the dog barking. Yeah, sorry for the brief detour. But now we'll get back to reading. By 11 o'clock, the whole school seemed to, to be out in the stands around the Quidditch pitch. Many students had binoculars. The seats might be raised high in the air, but it was difficult to see what was going on sometimes. And yet, they're really high. Yeah, or it was really low, or too low. Ron and Hermione joined Neville, Seamus, and Dean, the West Ham fan, up in the top row. The West Ham fan? What? I think it's a soccer team in England. Oh yeah, I guess. See, they're both half muggles. No, not half muggles. They're not. They're just like they're just. Uh, uh, what was it? They were born. They were both born into muggle families. Uh no, Seamus, his mother was a witch. Dean's family was just muggle. Yes, and Hermione's. Uh, anyways, as a surprise for Harry, they had painted a large banner on one of the sheets Scabbers had ruined. It said Potter for President. What the heck? What what do you think it'd say in the British version? Um, this is the British version. No, this is the American version. No, this is the British version. Mm -mm. Search me that that's This British. is the scholastic. No, but Yeah, it says Potter for President. Potter for Um Anyways, yes. Uh Potter for President. Okay. Uh it's she this is Potter for president. Potter is not being elected. Uh, Harry Potter is not being elected. Elected, not elected. Well, elected. Well, no. It it just think it's a joke because a lot of people know that there's a presidential system in the U.S. So I guess that's it's just a joke. I think this is definitely the British version because Americans don't say "search me," do they? Mm -mm. Anyways, yes. Um, Ron. Her and Hermione, okay, anyways, as Scabbers have ruins, said Potter for president, and Dean, who was good at drawing, had done a large Gryffindor line underneath. Then Hermione had performed a tricky little charm so that the paint flashed different colors. Meanwhile, in the locker room, Harry had and the rest of the team were changing into their scarlet Quidditch robes. Slytherin would be playing in green. Wood cleared his throat for silence. Okay, okay, man. And... And women such as Sir Angelina Johnson. And, Angelina and woman. Johnson. And woman, then. 
Vanessa's a... And I think it's Angelica. Angela, Angelina. Angelina. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyways. This is the big one, said Fred Weasley. The one we've all been waiting for, said George. We know all of her speech by heart, Fred told Harry. We were on the team last year. And Shut up, four. you two. This is the best team Gryffindors ever Gryffindors had in years. We're going to win. I know it. Harry, um, he glared at them all to say, as if to say, or else. Right. It's time. Good luck, all of you. Harry had followed Fred and George out of the locker room and, hoping his knees weren't going to give way, walked onto the field to loud cheers. Madame Hooch was refereeing. She stood in the middle of the field, waiting for the two teams, her broom in her hand. Now I want a nice, fair game out, all of you, she said, once they were gathered out all around her. Harry had noticed that she seemed to be speaking particular to the Slytherin captain, Marcus Flint, a six-year. Oh, oh Harry yes, Potter. this is a spoiler, but Marcus Flint cheated a lot. You wouldn't really call it a spoiler, would you, Sam? Um, no, Phil, I wouldn't call it a spoiler at all. And her, Harry thought Flint looked as if he had some troll blood in him. Out of the corner of his eye, he saw a, the fluttering banner high above, flashing Potter for president over the crowd. Is his that supposed was... to support Potter? or Like, what was their goal? Who made this banner again? Um, Ron Hermione, uh, actually, Neville and Seamus and Dean, the West Ham fan, Ron and Hermione, all of them all together. Yeah, Dean, Seamus, Neville, Ron, and Hermione made it. Okay, how is this supposed to support Potter? Goodness knows. Anyways, he said, his heart skipped, he fell braver. Mount your brooms, please. Harry climbed onto... Clambered onto his Nimbus 2000. Madame Huge gave a loud blast on her silver whistle. Fifteen broom, fifteen brooms rose up high, high into the air. They were all. And the quaffle is taken immediately by Angelica Johnson of Gryffindor. With what an excellent chaser that girl is. And rather attractive, too. Jordan! Sorry, Professor. The Weasley twins fired Lee Jordan was doing the commentating for the match. Closely watched by Professor McGonagall. Oh. And she's really belting all along, along there. Neat pass to an Alicia Spinnett. A good find of Oliver Woods last year. Only a reserve. Back to Johnson. No, the Slytherins have taken the quaffle. Slytherin Captain Marcus Flint gains the quaffle, and off he goes. Flint flying like an eagle up there. He's going to... No, stopped by an excellent move by the Gryffindor Keeper Wood. Oh, yeah. I hope that eagle gets hunted. And that's Chaser Katie Bell, Gryffindor up there. Nice dive around Flint up, up the field, and ouch, that must have hurt. Hit in the back of the head by a blooded quaffle taken by the Slytherins. That is Adrian Pusey speeding off towards the goalpost, but he's blocked by a second bludger sent his way by Fred or George Weasley. Can't tell which. Nice play by the Gryffindor beater, anyways. And Johnson back in possession of the quaffle. A clear field ahead. And off she goes. She's really flying. Dodges as speeding blutter. The goalposts are ahead. Come on now, Angelina. Keeper. Bletchley drives. Dives. Missing. Gryffindor scores. 
Gryffindor cheers fill the cold air with howls and moans from the Slytherins. Yeah, what Budge about the there, Raven- move along. What about the Ravenclaws in the Hufflepuffs? Aren't they here? Mm, yeah, but it's not their team. Yeah, true. Ron and Hermione squeeze together to give Hagrid enough space to join them. Been watching from me, said Hagrid, adding a large pair of binoculars around his neck. But it isn't the same as being in the crowd. No sign of the snitch yet, eh? Nope, said Ron. Ha- Harry hasn't much to do yet. Keep out of trouble, though. That's something," said Hagrid, raising his binoculars and piercing, peering skyward at that at the speck that was Harry. Way up above, way up above them, Harry was gliding over the game, squinting around about for some sign of the snitch. This was part of his and Wood's game plan. Keep out of the way until you catch sight of the snitch," Woods had said. "We don't want to be attacked. We don't want you to be attacked before you have to be." When Angelina had scored, Harry had done a couple of loop-the-loops to set off his feelings. Now he's back to staring around for the snitch. One, once he caught a slight sight of a flash of gold, but it was just a reflection for one of the Weasley's wristwatches. And once a bludger decided to come pelting his way, more like a cannonball than anything. But Harry dodged it and Fred Weasley came out chasing after it. Hmm. All right there, Harry... He had time to yell just as the as he he beat the bludger furiously towards Marcus Flint. Slytherin in possession, Lee Jordan was saying. Chaser Pusey ducks the two two bludgers, two Weasleys, and that Chaser Bell speeds towards the wait a moment, was that the snitch? A murmur ran through the crowd as Adrian Pusey dropped the quaffle, too busy to look looking over his shoulder at the flash of gold that had passed his left ear. Harry saw it in such a great rush of excitement, he dived downward after the streak of gold. Slytherin seeker Terence Higgs had seen it, too. Neck and neck, they hurled towards the snitch. All the chasers seemed to have forgotten what they were supposed to be doing as they hung in mid-air to watch. Harry was faster than Higgs. He could see the little round ball with wings fluttering. Darting up ahead, he put on an extra spurt of speed. Wham! A roar of rage echoed through from the Gryffindors below. Marcus Flint had blocked Harry on purpose, and Harry's broom had spun off course, Harry holding on for dear life. Foul! screamed the Gryffindors. Madame Hooch spoke angrily to Flint and then ordered a free shot at the goalpost for Gryffindor. Then in all the confusion, of course, the cold and snitch had disappeared from sight again. Down in the stands, Dean Thomas was yelling, Send him off! Send him off, ref! Red card! What are you talking about, Dean? said Ron. Red card, Dean, said Dean furiously. In soccer, you get shown the red card, and you're out of the game. But this isn't soccer game, Ron reminded him. <laughs> <laughs> Agadaver was on Dean's side. They ought to change the rules. Flint could have knocked Harry out of the air. Lee Jordan's finding it difficult not to take sides. So after that obvious disgusting bit of cheating, Jordan, growled Professor McGonagall. I meant after that open and revolting foul. Jordan, I'm warning you. (laughs) All right, all right. Flint nearly kills the Gryffindor seeker, which could happen to anyone. So anyone, I'm sure. So a penalty to Gryffindor taken by Finnett. He puts it away, no trouble, and we continue to play. Gryffindor is still in possession. It was as Harry dodged another bludger, which went spinning dangerously past his head that it happened. His broom gave a sudden, frightful lurch. For a split second, he thought he was going to fall. He gripped the broom tightly with both of his hands and knees. He never felt anything like that. It happened again. It was as though the broom was trying to buck him off. But Nimbus 2000s did not suddenly decide to buck their riders off if Harry had. Harry tried to turn 
back towards the Gryffindor goalpost. He had a mind to ask Wood to call timeout. Then he realized that his broom was completely out of his control. He couldn't turn it. He couldn't direct it at all. It was zigzagging through the air, and everyone, and every now and then, making violent swishing movements that almost unseated him. Lee was co still commentating. Slytherin in possession, Flint with a quaffle, passes, spin it, passes Bell, hit hard in the face with the blunder, hope it broke his nose, only joking, Professor. Slytherin score, oh no! The Slytherins were cheering. No one seemed to have noticed that Harry's broom was behaving strangely. It was carrying slowly higher and away from the game, jerking and twitching as it went. Don't know what Harry thinks he's doing, Hagrid mumbled. He stared through the binoculars. If I didn't know better, I'd say he'd lost control of his room, but he can't have. Suddenly, people were pointing up at Harry all over the stands. His broom, man, his broom had started to roll over and over, with him only just managing to hold on. The whole crowd gasped. Harry's broom had given a wild jerk, and Harry swung off it. He was now dangling from it, holding on with only one hand. Did something happen to it when Flint blocked him? Seamus whispered. Ganto, said, Hagrid said, his voice shaking. Can't nothing interfere with broom, a broomstick except powerful dark magic. No kid could do that to a Nimbus 2000. At these words, Harry seized. Hermione seized Hagrid's binoculars, but instead of looking at, at Harry, she started looking frantically at the crowd. What are you doing, on Greyface? I knew it. I knew it, Hermione grasped. Snake, look. Ron grabbed the binoculars. Oh, yes, you knew this. You said that a professor would never do anything. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, well, Snape's a cheater, so, yeah. He's Ron grasped the binoculars. Well, he's, uh, he's a bad person, so, yeah, so, of course, he's doing something evil. Anyways, Snape was in the middle of the stands opposite to them. He had his eyes fixed on Harry and was muttering nonstop under his breath. He's doing something. Dinks in the broom, said Hermione. What should we do? Leave it to me. Before Ron could say another word, Hermione had disappeared. Ron turned the binoculars back on Harry. His broom was vibrating so hard it was almost impossible to hang on much longer. The whole crowd was on its feet, watching terrified as the Weasleys flew up to try and pull Harry safely onto one of their brooms, but it was no good. Every time they got near him, the broom would jump higher still. They dropped lower and lower, circled they dropped lower and circled beneath him, obviously hoping to catch him if he fell. Marcus Flint now, Marcus Flint seized the quaffle and scored five times without anyone noticing. Come on, Hermione, Ron muttered desperately. Hermione had fought her way across the stairs where Snape was stood and was now racing along the road back behind him. She didn't even stop to say sorry as she knocked Professor Quirrell head first into the row in front. Reaching Snape, she crouched down, pulled out her wand, and whispered a few well-chosen words. Bright blue flames shot from her wand and onto the hem of Snape's robe. It took perhaps 30 seconds for Snape to realize that he was on fire. A sudden yell told her she had done a good job. Scooping the fire off him into a little jar in her pocket, she scrambled back along the road. Snape would never have known... Snape would never know what had happened. It was enough. I feel like eventually air, Snape will find out. Really, I mean, everything gets found out in this book. Every little thing that happens is like the biggest detail in the future. Yeah, it's kind of true. Yeah, it is true. So, folks, please pay attention to this detail of this part of the book. It is a very important part and during the plotline. That's also a spoiler. Anyways, let's get back to reading. 
Um, that's not necessarily a spoiler when you say it's very important for the plot line. It is very important, and that is a, that is a very big. That's a spoiler. Anyways, it's not. I mean, it's well, it's designed to it's a designed to appear like the okay. Essentially, when you're explaining what the book does, you're spoiling it. If the book is trying to make an event that seem that's important later seem like not so important now, the author is using the technique, so thus it is a spoiler. Anyways, enough okay. of that. Let's go ahead and let's continue. It was enough. Up in the hair. Up in the hair. I said up in the hair. Up in the air. Harry was able to clamber back onto his boom. Neville, you can look, Ron said. Neville had been sobbing into Hagrid's jacket for the last five minutes. <laughs> Neville. Well, Neville's, Neville cries a lot, apparently. Anyways, Harry was speeding towards the ground when the crowd saw him clap his hand to his mouth as though he was about to be sick. He's hit the field on all fours, coughed, and something gold fell into his hands. I've got the snitch, he shouted, waving it above his head, and the game ended in complete confusion. He didn't catch it. He, he nearly swallowed it. Flint was still howling in 20 minutes later, but it made no difference. Harry hadn't broken any rules, and Lee Jordan was still happily shouting the results. Gryffindor had won by 170 points to 60. Harry had heard none of this, though. He was being made a cup of strong tea back in Hagrid's hut with Ron and Hermione. It was Snape, Ron was explaining. Hermione and I saw him. He was cursing you or broomstick, muttering he wouldn't take his eyes off you. Rubbish, said Hagrid, who hadn't heard a word of what had gone up next to him in the stands. Why would Snape do something like that? Harry, Ron, and Hermione looked at one another, wondering what to tell him. Harry decided to tell, decide on the truth. I found out something about him, he told Hagrid. He tried to get past the three-headed dog on Halloween. It bit him. We think he was trying to steal whatever it's garden. Here, Hagrid dropped the teapot. How do you know about Fluffy? He said. Fluffy? Yeah, he's mine. Brought him off a Greek chappy I met in the pubs last year. I lent him to Dumbledore to guard the... Yes? Now, don't ask me anymore. That's top secret, that is. But Snape's trying to steal it. Rubbish, said Hagrid. Snape's a Hogwarts teacher. He'd do nothing of the sort. Oh, yes. Other Hogwarts teachers have betrayed. I'm not going to say who, but other Hogwarts teachers Anyways. have betrayed. Dumbledore. Uh, what? Yes. Oh, anyways. So why did he try and kill Harry? Cried Hermione. The afternoon events, the afternoon's events certainly seem to have changed her mind about Snape. I know a jinx when I see one. I've read all about them. You've got to keep eye contact, and Snape wasn't blinking at all. I saw him. I'm telling you, yeah, you're wrong, Hagrid said hotly. I don't know why Harry's room acting like that, but Snape wouldn't try and kill a student. Now listen to me, all three of you. You're meddling in things that don't concern you. That's dangerous. You forgot that dog, and you for you forget that dog, and you forget what it's guarding. That's between Professor Dumbledore and Nicholas Flamel. Aha, said Harry. So there's someone called Nicholas Flamel involved, is there? Hagrid looked furious with himself. And that is the end of the chapter. The next chapter is chapter 12, The Mirror of Erised. We'll cover that on our next episode. Thank you for tuning in, and see you all next time. Thank you. Bye.